we are continuing a series but i'm kind of backing up off the the actual series a little bit because i'm gonna get like i did a series within a series this is still kind of a series within a series but i'm gonna just call this series by its name um overall we're still dealing with the treat you right theme um loving yourself in a way that honors god and you and so we're changing up the series title so the rest of this month i believe uh, we're going to be focusing on this just idea of like my big brother, like my big brother. And so I'm going to read a text. I'm going to read um, Romans chapter eight, verses 28 and 29. That's it. I'm going to get into the word uh, and I'm going to have another text that I'm going to bring up. And so I'm going into the Holy Bible and I'm going to Romans chapter eight, the sixth book, um, the sixth writing of the New Testament. Uh after the four gospels the book of acts then there's romans and i'm just going to read two verses from the niv and it says and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose now some of us could stop and shout right there because we got stuff going on in our lives we got stuff going on in our hearts we got stuff going on in our jobs and our families and we need to know we need that confirmed in our spirit that all in all things God works for the good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose take that as a promise it is a promise it's not me making the promise it's the word of God making the promise and so take that and then we'll go to the next verse it says for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and so for today's um, today's message the series uh, we're starting with is called like my big brother like my big brother and today's message in the in-between in the in-between let's pray Lord God I want to thank you and praise you uh, for this opportunity to come together, um, crazy believers, super um, natural faith that you show up online each and every time we come together, uh, that every time that we watch your mess, your messages, your service through Higher Definition Church, that we are having an encounter with you. Uh, Lord, I want to thank you for these just uh, radical believers that are not uh, limited to any anyone else's conception of what church is or what the word is i want to thank you for that for those people that come together every time and and every opportunity that we provide uh in person and still show up on sunday in the chat they show up on sunday watching on youtube they show up on sunday watching on um facebook they show up i want to thank you i want to thank you because your supernatural providence has guided us to be together not just for some ritual that we do every Sunday, but for a supernatural encounter, an impartation, if you will. Holy Spirit pouring out fresh oil on us, to us, through us, for the glory of God, his kingdom in us, in our households, in our families, in our communities, in the city of Jacksonville and beyond. So I pray right now that this message be anointed, that this message be received, that this message be transformative in our walks with you. And we just glorify you. Holy Spirit, minister to the needs of each and every one of us as you speak with words through this 
vessel of clay. In Jesus' name, amen. Like my big brother, new series, kind of within the series, title, In the In-Between. I want to start out with this thought that I had today, um, and that thought is that family is the first educational institution. Here in Jacksonville, it is the end of the first quarter of the grading period. And so Friday ended the first quarter. Monday, uh, the school system is out. So teachers, you know, have submitted, submitted, are submitting their grades and blah, blah, blah. Going until Tuesday is a new quarter. I'll be talking to my students that I work with through our mentoring program, through 5,000 role models to emphasize like goal setting for this new quarter based on the old quarter. But even when I think about uh, as much education and as much as many of us are dedicated to education and as much as we have schools and public schools and private schools and public charter schools and tutoring services and and you know web classes and as much as we have all of that family is the first educational institution it's the first one it's the first place we learn stuff it's in our families we learn stuff from our parents. We learn our name from our parents, from our siblings. We learn how to walk around them. We learn how to eat. We learn social cues. We learn first in our families. We learn first in our families, our biological families, or um, if you're adopted, your adopted family, the people that you grew up with, the people that when you think of who you are, uh, whether it's siblings or cousins or neighbors that are like family, that that unit, that community, that village, that family, that's your first educational institution. Then you went to school. You went to school. You know, you may have gone to daycare, pre-K, whatever. Then you went to school and, you know, kindergarten and all the way up and at some point other influences became more important uh, than you know on a day-to-day -day than some of the stuff you may have learned in your home but let's not ever forget that the first educational institution is the family your physical biological family and it's important to recognize that because as believers we don't have just one family we have a physical family and we have a spiritual family and so as a, having a spiritual family, like being higher definition church, we are a spiritual family. And so some of us, like any family, some of us are closer than others. Hallelujah. That's just how it is. Some people call stuff like that clicky. Uh, unless If you're excluding people, I understand. But some people are just going to just gel more than others. It's not necessarily something that you can help uh, when you labor together. Uh, the word teaches you to know those that labor among you. And so when you come out, if you're somebody that comes out and you serve every time, then we just gonna know you better than somebody that doesn't show up to serve every time. If you're going to be on the prayer calls when we have prayer calls and you're going to be sharing requests and praise reports, we just gonna know you better than we know somebody that doesn't show up for the prayer call. It's just it's just going to be like that. The family, when it's time for the family to come together, when, the, when people from the family come together, that's when the knowledge, that's when the growth, that's when the connection happens. That's when the learning happens, when we're together. Okay, and so we learn from our physical family. We, we kind of are captive as children to our physical families. But as spiritual family, as believers in Christ, members of higher definition church, but even greater than that, members of the church universal, the word universal. It's like Catholic uh, is, is that word. Which, uh, so if I say the Catholic church, I'm not talking about the Catholic denomination, it's about the universal church 
all the believers in the world, all the self-proclaimed Jesus believing people. Um, I can't tell you whether your salvation is genuine or not. I could tell by the fruit if I had a chance to examine it, but uh, what it looks like. But I, I'm not going to go into that right now. We have a spiritual family. We have a spiritual family. Um, and in the same way we learn from our physical family, we learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether that be the pastor, bishop, prophet, whether that be your sister, deaconess, whatever titles old school church had, youth ministry. But we learn from each other. Doing devotionals together, um, praying together, working together, laboring together, um, serving together. We learn from each other. So we learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Have you ever have you learned anything? You learned anything from the messages? You learned anything from serving with somebody in the church body? Have you learned? Are you learning Christ better? Are you learning life better by doing life with your other believers? Amen. It's a challenge. It's a challenge because so many of us um, hold more tight to our physical families than we do our biblical families. Some of us hold more tight to our work families or our you know, just for fun families than we do our spiritual family. But even Christ, and this isn't part of my message notes, but even Christ, when his blood mama, when Mary and his blood brothers came up to him when he was speaking to a crowd and somebody came up and said, hey, Jesus, your mother and brothers want to talk to you. Uh, they want to see you. He was like, yeah, who are my mothers and who are my mother and brothers? My mother and brothers are those of you who do the will of my father. He's saying spiritual family comes first. That's what he's saying. Because we should be in agreement. We should be in agreement about life and its meaning and what to do because we should all be learning from the same source. Well, what source? In fact, we learn from brothers and sisters in Christ, but isn't there a better source? <laughs> yeah, there is. Why don't we just ever look to learn from Christ himself? The firstborn among our brothers and sisters in Christianity. Uh, Christ is our Lord, but Christ is also the firstborn brother. We are co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs. Co-heirs, the promise the Lord laid on Abraham, we're co-heirs. Co-heirs with Christ. Um, and so as co-heirs with Christ, as brothers and sisters, him being the firstborn, um, Christ reminds us that we, we can look at not only uh, what happens post-resurrection, but we can actually look at the life, the life of Christ and hear from him and receive instruction from him. But even more than that, we can learn from his example. You know, Christ reminds us to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. And he can do that because he lived a physical life with us. He's not a distant God. He lived in person, in the flesh with us, with us. Say with us. I want you to get that in your mind. Like Jesus had flesh and blood like you and me. Jesus lived among people. And. So when he is giving instruction or he is walking out his walk, then there's something that we can take tangibly from his life that we honestly can't take from anybody else's. And that is that he walked a perfect path, a perfected path, a whole, complete and mature path. And so if I'm looking at, you know, how to do whatever. I can recognize 
<laughs> I can clarify in my own mind that I can learn from my spiritual family. Christ is spiritual family, a.k.a. Big Brother number one, like the text teaches. And so I can be like Big Brother. If I'm going to learn the ultimate treat you right, if I'm going to learn the ultimate treat myself right lessons, then what I got to do is I got to um, look to Jesus Christ. There's lots of wonderful teachings in the word, but why not look to the face of the gospel? I heard it said today, like the, the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ isn't just the gospel, like the life of Christ itself. He is the good news. And so why not look to the gospel? Why not? Well, that's what we're going to do. And so when we look at Jesus, the question and this whole treat you right concept, uh, the question is, well, how did Christ demonstrate healthy love for himself? And so if I examine that, then I recognize I can be like big brother. I can be like my big brother. And so way back, way back at the beginning of 2020, uh, I bet you can't guess off the top of your head what this preprint pandemic series was. I'll give you three seconds. Three two one the anticipation's killing me it was king speech i taught about life buckets and i gave a a, a list of life buckets that um area were areas of life uh and they weren't exhaustive uh but i felt like they had they were pretty good uh encapsulations uh, of what our categories that we could put our lives into and there were areas of life and a lot of times some of them overlap uh, but they are areas where god has a say and God has a way. Uh, and so that whole series was saying was like, OK, this is what God says about your finances. This is what God says about your spiritual life. This is what God says about your relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And so I believe I believe that we can learn better self-love by looking at these areas and seeing how Christ handled them himself. Right. And those five areas, and we're not going to cover them in order, but they were professional, uh, as in what you're aspiring to be and do. Uh, they were spiritual, the whole of your spiritual soul, mind, will, emotions, life. Uh, they were the financial, financial and professional, not necessarily the same thing. Um, financial is, is different. We're talking about accumulation and wealth building and blah, blah, blah. Um, physical, and that could be health and fitness. Um, and then relational. Um, and that can be a variety of relationships. But those are the things that we were discussing. Uh, and so today I want to kind of hone in on the spiritual and the physical. And the title of this message is In the In-Between. And so I want to talk about self-love or self-care in the in-between. OK, and it may I may finish early. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but uh, I want us to understand that uh, what's happening in the spiritual impacts what's happening in the physical and then it can become a cycle so if something happens in the spiritual right uh it can then impact what i do how i carry myself how i feel how i eat how i sleep and then that impact on my physical being then may also have a further impact on my spiritual being Right. Because, uh, you know, I do I do something I, I do so, something happens and it stresses me out. Spiritually, it disturbs my peace. I do something to relieve the stress. And maybe the thing that I did to relieve the stress is then problematic. And because it's problematic, now it's affecting my spirit. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling thing or, or 
uh, or a circular thing where uh, it has now harmed my spirit. And so my spirit is messed up. And so because my spirit's messed up, I get back into the flesh and do something physical. And then I just keep going and going and going. And you don't you have no idea how far you can spiral. You have no idea how far just a little bit of sin can take you. You know, just a taste of it, you it could end up drowning in it. Uh, and so I just want us to understand that, uh, that when we're talking about this physical and this spiritual together, that they are intimately intermingled together. Um, and so I'm going to walk us through what's going on with Jesus in Matthew chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14. And I, there's I'm going to categorize what's happening to him and. I think you can relate if we if we pare it down to the basics. Amen. A lot of situations don't fit exactly. But if we kind of like take the basics of the situation and the basics here are all B's and it's like one, two, three, four, five, six B's. Excuse me. Then we can get a grasp on an understanding of a revelation. Amen. If you pray for some revelation clarity. Just shout amen. If you are praying right now and hoping right now as you're listening and hanging on the words that the Lord is flowing through, like if your goal and desire is to get some clarity that's beyond like a sight, like a thundercat sight beyond sight. I'm holding the eye of thundera. Anyway, um, if, if you if you're trying to get beyond what you can barely what you can really see, if you're trying to go a level higher uh, than I want you to raise your expectation level up. I want you to open yourself up for Holy Spirit just a little bit more than what's comfortable. I want you to be vulnerable. I want you to be disappointed if you don't feel something push you. If you don't hear or your reasoning isn't challenged today, I want you to be disappointed because I fully expect God to show up and wreck some stuff and change some stuff today. Amen. Amen. And so how many times? Have th has the sequence of situations happened to you? How many of you have endured bad news? Hands up. Every single one of us. You can throw it in the comments, a chat, hundred hands up, amen, whatever. How many of you have endured bad news? And that bad news could be family related. It could be something that happened at your job. It could be something that somebody was supposed. It could be as simple as somebody was supposed to do something. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. And now it's inconvenient for you and everybody else. It could be something as serious as what we're about to um, share here. And in fact, I, I'm not going to take the time to read the whole thing. Uh, just know that at the beginning of chapter 14, uh, Matthew chapter 14, um, John the Baptist is in prison. Um, the king, the local king, Herod, um, is entertaining some guests. Uh, his wife puts his child up to something, uh, you know, to get a promise. And then the promise, uh, see, Herod, Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of, this is verse 5. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet, because he was. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guest and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. Uh, the king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he couldn't look bad in front of his people. Um, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went 
and told Jesus. Why would they go and tell Jesus? Jesus was John's cousin. His the mothers were cousins, and so they were cousins. And I don't know what your first or second and the twice removed. I don't know all of that. Jesus and John were blood, okay, blood relations. Um, and so imagine, and not only that, like Jesus is the Christ. He, you know, he this this man baptized him, right? Uh, he they they were both ministering they were both co-laboring they were family they had so many bonds um that this had to hurt so how many times has bad news come to you right bad news comes and you want to be alone amen maybe you want to be with somebody that you trust and love but you definitely don't want to be around a crowd dealing with bad news when it just hits uh, because I don't know about you, but I don't I'm, I mean, I'm very expressive. And so it may be very hard. I remember one time uh, when I was still working at Terry Parker, I got a call from my sister Yvette that my mother uh, was in the hospital. Her uh, blood sugar had gotten very low or very high. I can't remember, but she had to be taken to the ER um, and they were concerned. And so I was concerned, you know, only got one mama. And and, you know, I'm the I'm her only son, biological son. And I'm in Florida. She's in North Carolina. And so when I tell you I was a wreck trying to work for about 10 minutes, it was all written on my face. I, I just wanted to go into my office and stay there, but I had to go back out and do lunch duty and these other things. And eventually I maybe maybe was in contact with my wife and uh, and then went to my principal and was like, yo, my mama's I, I, I got to go. I can't. I can't. And she was just like, go home, go home. Um, give her credit for that. <laughs> she just said, "Go home." I had, and I think what had happened was when I, I realized it, when I went into the staff bathroom and broke down in tears, like, "Lord, Lord, you must protect my mother," just weeping and crying alone, because I needed to process the bad news. Y'all been, y'all need, y'all been in the midst of, of when bad news hits. Yeah, so you understand where I'm coming from. Um, and so. Here, bad news hits, and he wants to be alone. If you look in verse 13, it says, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He wanted to be alone. Um, and I think this resonates with many of us. And he, here's also the thing that resonates with many of us. Things can be uncomfortable. Situations can be difficult. Uh, bad news can come. A frustration can come. But business doesn't stop. Amen. Business doesn't stop. Business doesn't stop. And so business didn't stop for Jesus. It's like he's on a boat uh, and he's out there. And then it shows us here in verse uh, 13 and 14. When hearing of this, hearing that he withdrew by boat to a private solitary place, the crowds followed him on foot. He's in the water. They followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Business doesn't stop. Business doesn't stop. In fact, if you look at that, he had compassion and healed their sick. Uh, the next several verses dis discuss how he um, 
you know, healed and taught and healed and miracles. And then the disciples are like, hey, man, it's time to send these people away. They hungry. We ain't got nothing to eat. And, and then this is where the miracle comes, right? Where he says, no, you feed them. What do you have? It's five fish, two loaves, or two loaves of five fish, five loaves, two fish, uh, whatever it is. I mean, not whatever it is. I got it right here in front of me. Um, it was five loaves and two fish, right? Five loaves and two fish. And then he multiplied it and it became it became enough to feed 5,000 men plus women and children, right? He became what was needed in the moment. Amen. I, I, do you understand? Like, I, and I, I just want you to follow me here because this is what we go through. This is what happens a lot of times. I talk to some of y'all and, and you are wrestling and struggling and overwhelmed with the, the different news and events that are happening in your lives. And you are just becoming what is needed in the moment. You are becoming a healer, a, a, a lover, a, a friend, a cook, a you know, laundry person, a, you know, household medic, like you are doing what needs to be done in the moment. You become what is needed in the moment. And so you've got the bad news. You tried to get along to process it, but business wouldn't stop. You had to become what was needed in the moment. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus became what was needed in the moment. He had compassion on them beyond himself which so many of you do, so many of you loving, big-hearted uh, moms and some of you loving, big-hearted wives. And I started with y'all because y'all are the ones that deal with us. And, you know, we love too and, and brothers and people that are, feel that feel the calling of God's love in your life. You know, you give and you give and, and stuff comes and hits you and you still are the giving of yourself and you're loving beyond what is comfortable. Your compassion leads you. Amen. Your compassion leads you. And so it's at this point after verse 21, verse 21 says, well, this, the, the verse 21 is just the count. But verse 22 says immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. OK, not done yet. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. I want to tell you something very important for the in-between. For the in-between, one of the most important things you can do is break away. The bad news came. You had to do what you had to do. But at some point, you got to clear the room. At some point, you got to get some space. And you got to be like Big Brother. You got to break away. You got to rest. You got to Sabbath. I know you think you got to grind and you got to build and you got to do this and you got to be available. No, you don't. The Lord worked six days in creation, took a Sabbath, not because he needed it, but to establish a pattern that he would then follow up with a commandment that then Jesus would teach the proper meaning of. And then Jesus would demonstrate examples here and there of him breaking away from the people, breaking away from the noise, breaking away from his responsibilities to rest. 
to reconnect with the Father through prayer. It says he went to pray on a mountainside. And in this moment of resting in solitude, in this moment of being away from the decision making process and other people's desires and demands, he's able to reconnect with the Lord. He's able to recharge. And then after he's able to recharge in verse 25, it says shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And what happens is he's already walking in miraculous territory by walking on the water. Peter has the balls to say, hey, well, if it's you, why don't you ask me to come out to you? Um, and says, okay, come on. And so by the faith that Peter exhibits in the Christ, Peter then gets out of the boat and walks on the water to Jesus. He gets distracted by the wind. He falls in, but Jesus grabs him up and then takes him back to the boat. And so what happens after he's broken away, after he's rested, after he's prayed, after he's recharged, is that he becomes a blessing again. He becomes a blessing again. Remember, we're here to be a blessing. We're here to be used by God. You got a calling. You got a purpose, whether it's in your workplace or your household, whether it's in the street, whether it's serving with us, wherever and however. And honestly, all of them, you got a purpose. You got a blessing. God has called you to his miraculous, powerful service to supernaturally love to bring supernatural joy, to have and walk in supernatural peace. Amen. And so we bring that. We bees that. Okay. We be that for those situations and circumstances. We bring the super onto these natural situations, recognizing, fighting spiritual warfare, believing God that he can use us to do anything. Amen. And so he's right back on his supernatural grind. He became a blessing again. And so I want to go back and just real quick and, and wrap up. And I want us to focus on this. What happened in between the miracles? He healed people and fed 5,000. He also walked on water and by faith had one of his disciples walk on water with him. He got him back into the boat. The storm calmed. Miracles supernatural power miracles supernatural power what's in the in-between rest rest is in the in-between and so we get twisted we get messed up we get it sideways we think that we got to grind seven days a week we think that there's no way to find margin we think that if we're not pushing 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 toward our goals or, or handling other people's business or doing what needs to be done or becoming what needs to be become in, a, in each in individual situation that we not doing it right uh, and, and so if things aren't going the way that we wanted to go we think we got to work harder we got to grind harder we got to do more amen amen i'm looking at the walls amen walls that's how we process it in America. That's how we process it as individuals. That's how we process it on a works-based Christianity. That's how we process it. Yeah. What I want you to understand is 
I want I want to break you down and I want to break me down because the thing is you want to experience success without the rest. You want to experience the miraculous, the supernatural without following supernatural principles. You want the miracle without the prayer. You want the power without the rest. And if we're going to treat ourselves right, that requires that we reset our parameters and we prioritize doing it like Jesus did. If Jesus could rest, if Jesus could set aside time for prayer and people were literally following him everywhere he went so they could get whatever they could from him, healing, uh, a blessed word, etc., food at this point because he fed 5,000 miraculously. If Jesus can do it, who are we to say that we can't? Who am I to say that I can't find time to rest? Who are you to say that you can't organize your schedule to create the margin? Who are you to say? Because bad news is going to come. News is going to come. Business is always going to need to be handled. At some point, if you want supernatural power, if you want God moving and you're in the authority that he's given you to be activated in the earth, if you want supernatural success and not just what you can do in your own strength, then at some point we have to do what? We got to rest. We got to know that only God can do what God can do and that there's no reason for us to kill ourselves trying to be everything to all people that's not how you love you working harder I mean if you're lazy sure but I don't think that's your problem you may be overthinking and thus underworking in certain areas but I don't think laziness is your issue I think your issue is that you have bought into a false gospel of works and I want to free you today by letting you know that we can just do it like our big brother. He recognized that his power source was getting dry, that he was his life was tired, that he still hadn't had a chance to process the bad news because something needed to be done for the people that were in his path. But what Jesus did and what we should do is when the work is done, we got to clear the room and make sure that we can prioritize rest. We can prioritize prayer. We want the crown. The cost for your crown is communion. Renewing your connection with the Lord. It's him who says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's him. It's him who says cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for us it's him and because it's him I want each and every one of us when we think about caring for our souls caring for our physical bodies caring for our spiritual beings I want each and every one of us to just do like Jesus does and recognize that even if the work has got to go on we still going to find time to rest. Even if people still want to pull from our anointing, we got to find time to pray. Amen. Be like big brother.
break away and pray. Let's pray right now. Lord God, forgive us. Bless us. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your love. Thank you for setting an example of allowing ourselves to be used for the glory of God, but also set an example that we should allow ourselves to be replenished for the glory of God, that we shouldn't be pressuring ourselves to work all the time. We shouldn't be pressuring ourselves to be all things to all people. We shouldn't be pressuring ourselves to be something that we're not. If rest is good enough for you, if it's good enough for the creator in in the pattern established in Genesis, then it's good enough for us. Lord, lead us to prioritize the pattern that you've established for our lives. Lead us to be like big brother. We know that in all things you are at work for the good of us who love you and are called according to your purpose. It's my prayer. Forgive us of our sins and trespasses. Lead us in the way of repentance. For those of us that have a spirit of overworking and grinding and a, a hubris that um, believes that we must do it seven days a week or it won't get done. Lord, just lead us to look no further than the word or in the natural look no further to successful businesses that close on Sunday and are still handling their business. I just pray, Lord, that we would seek the truth of love and loving ourselves in a way that honors you. And I thank you so much for Christ who prioritized his own peace in the midst of walking out his calling and purpose. In Jesus' name, I pray that we would do the same, that we would be obedient all the way. Follow the pattern of Big Brother. In Jesus' name, bless this church, bless this ministry, bless our efforts. Lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen.